Hey now, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome into The Pucknologist here, episode 85, working for you on Teal Town USA. I'm your host as always, AJ underscore strong, and with me tonight, it's the full group, one Miss Rocket Backhander. Hello. Oh, dear Lord. And uh, fresh out of a craps table room, the one and only hockey jerk you love to see. Yeah, uh, back on the podcast with you for the fifth time in seven days. So I feel like I'm running out of things to say. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) So, oh, episode 85. And funny that you should bring up the fact that it's like, oh, this is the fifth cast that we've done in however long. Uh, hey, you know, things happen. But one thing that did come up yesterday was we found out there are a couple people that were unaware of Teal Town USA shirts. So <gasps> if you would like to help us out, support the show, you can go pick one of these bad boys up on our website. Now, granted, we're down to limited sizes. Uh, I believe we only have large left in the teal crew neck shirt. I think we have a couple double X and a large left in the black, and I believe we have a small and a medium left for the women. So, hey, limited stock. So if you want to grab one, I suggest you do it pretty quickly. As always, follow us on the social media, YouTube, throw us a subscribe, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, like us on Facebook, check us out on Reddit, remember the Discord after party, and throw us some love on iTunes, you know, the five stars, the cool review. We would appreciate it. So with that, guys, uh, week 10 for the Sharks, but let's start around the NHL, and yet another coach bites the dust as Jim Montgomery is mysteriously fired over unprofessional conduct. Um, A source familiar with the situation said the Dallas Stars really had no choice but also said this is a non-abuse-related issue, whatever the hell that means. So what was it? Are we talking a guy who had an addiction problem, a gamble? Well, I mean, there is gambling addiction, but um, any speculation on your parts, guys? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you have to be careful with speculation just because, you know, that can easily turn into a rumor, which, you know, if enough people circulate a rumor, then it, it's, you know, the truth in their eyes, right? And, well, you know, we can And the only reason why I'm interrupting you is because I remember somebody very specifically speculating about a Vander Kane a few months back, and that did not turn out well. So right. let's just say, you know what? Uh, Jim Montgomery is no longer the coach of the Dallas Stars, and maybe at some point in the future we'll find out why. Just so. Yeah, from from what I've heard, and I can say this, from what I've heard, it sounds like it sounds like it is something that will come out eventually. But people are just keeping it under their hat for now. Yeah, because I feel like if it was some sort of an addiction issue, whether it was alcoholism or drugs or whatever, that it would be. We've seen it a bajillion times in the NHL where somebody has an issue, and usually the NHL or the franchise is very supportive, and we want to get him the help we need, yada, 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 insert boilerplate response here. That's not what happened in this case, so we're left to wonder what happened. But we have Mike Babcock, we have Bill Peters, Crawford's still under investigation as far as I know in Chicago, now Monte... John Hines in Jersey, and now Peter DeBoer in San Jose. And how bad is it now, Rocket, that we've gotten to the point that when a coach is given their pink slip, 
They have to make an official announcement that this is not related to the new Me Too movement in the NHL. This was actually like performance based. Okay. <laughs> oh, damn. Damn. Chris. Uh, wow. Okay. All right. Love you, Chris. Go ahead, Rob. Uh, I I think that it it's it's pathetic, but not in the way I think you think. I mean, uh, I didn't think you. Um, <laughs> I I mean it in that I think it speaks volumes to people who would speculate that Pete DeBoer was fired for anything other than performance. Um, I think it says that those folks. Do not watch West Coast hockey. <laughs> because <laughs> who does? Any anybody anybody who watches the Pacific Division knows that if like they Pete DeBoer gets canned. Whoa, okay. All right. That's okay. That makes sense. You know, like but if you don't follow the Pacific, then yeah, of course you're gonna be like, Oh, he must have been in a in a car full of Hookers and blow. Hookers and blow. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I was gonna say like vertically challenged hookers and a lot of um, extracurricular narcotics. <sighs> but yeah. You know what? It's okay that she says that, people, because she is in fact vertically challenged. Uh, hey, hey, oh, hey, hey! <laughs> I am fun sized. That Thank is true. You. That is yeah. true. Uh, Jerk, are you a little <laughs> shocked that uh, Blashill in Detroit hasn't seen the door yet? Out of all these. <laughs> so uh, one thing, Rocket. I just want to say just. Put it in the lawsuit and we'll be fine, Rocket. Um, That's fine. So <laughs> uh, I'll say this, uh, and it's I'm on record as saying I kind of felt like Jeff Blaschel had a really long leash in Detroit only because he came in when they were crap and they're still crap. So I was kind of thinking, okay, maybe maybe the bar, they'll let bar's him kind of low, is it? Right. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe they'll let him see it all the way through. But yeah, just the fact that it's been so many years at this point and like the talent they've accumulated over the last couple of years, it's been a slow build, but it's been a build nonetheless. And you'd like to see some kind of forward progression and, you know, the Red Wings are, I mean, Colorado was the worst team in the salary cap era two seasons ago. And Detroit is like, hold my beer. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like if Detroit had maybe like if, if maybe Detroit got to the point where, they their first round pick would end up being between 10 and 15 i think we'd be saying i give him another year but the fact that he's like like is there something better than number one overall because like he should probably get it (laughs) dang uh and for those of you who uh do not join us live every sunday at 8 8 p.m uh which is the thing that we are i think this is our third week in a row we've been able to pull this off i'm very impressed so going forward we do plan on doing this every sunday at 8 p.m uh, for those of you who listen on delay, whether it's on YouTube or any of your podcast catchers, SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever, uh, I'm just letting you know right now, in the moment, you're missing out on some great commentary in the chat, particularly from Chris S. So let's get to week 10 of the Sharks. Three games, the Sharks go one and two, Nashville, the Rangers, and the Canucks at Nashville. Well... Let's just throw out what happened. Jones starts after being pulled in two of his last three starts. Uh, Dylan gets paired with Burns in this one. Uh, a 3-1 Sharks loss ends up in a comedy of errors. The officials miss a high stick on Couture because they were too busy calling Goodrow for slashing in one of the weakest calls I've ever seen. Then later, Marcus Sorensen would, would trip over Jumbo Skate and get called for diving. 
<laughs> when you trip over your own players. Okay, sure. Uh, at the end of the second, the wheels fall off as Evander Kane like takes all comers. And to top off this absolute comedy, we get refs with open mics just dropping F-bombs all up in here. And Randy and Han, Randy Hahn and Jamie Baker dealing with it and yet also kind of mocking it in a great fashion. Uh, <laughs> and, and this is the game that afterwards, evidently, Doug Wilson decided on the plane that he was done with Peter DeBoer. So... I'm I'm trying to decide where we're going to where we're going to start this. <laughs> I guess let's talk about the Nashville game. Was was that enough for you? Like at that point we're talking what was that? That was the 1 2 3 4 5th straight loss rocket. I mean were you were you thinking like okay, it's to, like obviously with the cap and everything like that, you can't make a change on the roster for the most part unless you f- finagle some sort of incredible trade. Do you think DeBoer is just like, okay, well, here's an easy scapegoat? Uh, I'll tell you, it was unexpected, especially because, you know, my first year as a Sharks fan was 2014-2015. And we all remember how that how that went. And, you know, if, if Todd were going to get fired, that would have been the time to do it. But they didn't do it that whole season. That whole season! You know, so... I, I've, well, it's I've, because John Scott was protecting him. But go ahead. I, I know, uh, him and Rafi Torres both. Um, but I just, I didn't, I, I, getting getting rid of of Pete isn't a shocking move, but it did surprise me that Doug went ahead and pulled the trigger mid season. Um, I think maybe that he learned from holding on to Todd a little bit too long. To know that, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting rid of a coach in the, in the middle of like, you know, making a coaching change midseason. Um, obviously, <laughs> you can have a team like St. Louis be successful doing it midseason. So, hey, <laughs> fuck it. You know, like uh, this is a copycat league, you know, so. True. Uh, oh, copycat league. I like that. Yeah. It's like, hey, everybody else is firing their coach. Screw it. I'm going to do it. Too. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of it was some thoughts that I had on it. But uh, I don't. Yeah, man. Like, what do you do? Like, this is a second season in a row where everybody's been like, quote unquote, on paper. This team should be a lot more talented than what it is, quote unquote, on paper. So if your personnel has talent out the wazoo and your coaching staff can't seem to juice it out of them, then, yeah, man, you need new equipment. You need a new coaching staff. Mm hmm. And they might not be like an inept coaching staff. They're just not the right equipment for the ingredients that you need to juice. Well, uh, uh, Rob saying, I feel like this firing came from Hasso Plattner. Uh, no, because no. Pete DeBoer isn't a broadcaster. So, hockey jerk, um, what's your, what's your, t- do you think it's a scapegoat for bad goaltending, bad defense? To, was a change actually needed? So I I, I, said I should at the say time, a, a change behind the bench. Let me clarify. Yeah, yeah, and no, I I got you. Uh, I said at the time, and I'll say it again. But I I think I, this surprised me in the sense that I was like, oh my god, they actually fired him. But I was also not really surprised when you consider not so much how the team was doing. I mean, yes, they're out of a playoff spot, but they're still right in the thick of the things. I think the reason why DeBoer and staff lost their job, and uh, AJ, we talked about this with Ian, is the 
either inability or the lack of desire to make a change or try something new when the status quo wasn't working out. And we, we saw that time and time again where something's not working. It's like, well, let's just keep going to it. And then, you know, everything falls off the falls off the wagon there. And like Rocket talked about back in 1415, different coach, but same kind of thing. It's let's keep doing what's broken and then wonder why it's not working. So I think the main, I guess, factor for this coach being fired, obviously, is is, you know, the power play is a disaster. The fundamentals of goaltending is a disaster maybe the way the the structure <laughs> the structure of the defense as a whole and when i say defense i mean forwards and defensemen who are playing behind the red line um i think everything was just not working the way it should have been or could have been and you know DeBoer had an inability to to make a change and see if something could be different because you know well we did this once and it worked and and now we've seen Bob Bugner come in and just about everything is different. And maybe it hasn't worked yet, but at least it's different. Well, I, I like Chris. When Jones's fundamentals are bad and getting worse, that's at least in part on the coaches. I, so you know what? I, I like that point because now it makes me think like, you know what? Our goalies suck. Maybe let's put that on Hedberg. Our power play sucks. Let's put that on spot. You know, Finally. Like the, the, you know the, this aspect of the game sucks. Let's put that on Dave Barr. Who who brought all these people in? Oh, DeBoer. Yeah, let's get rid of him too. <laughs> you know, let's just let's just you know can a lot of them and start over. And this is something that I think has kind of been I don't want to say hinted at, uh, maybe alluded to, whatever. The fact that they essentially brought up the entire bench staff from the Barracuda in Mike Ricci, Evgeny Nabokov, and Roy Summer. I mean, Roy Summer. He, I believe, was an assistant for a hot minute back during like the Al Sims era or something. We're talking mid '90s Sharks, uh, and <laughs> it's like, dude, if it took you like thirty, damn near thirty years to get back, I mean, dude, like, okay, if you if you're you know if you're an AHL guy, so be it. But the funny thing that some people alluded to was like, do you think that? They just handed the reins to Bugner since obviously he's familiar with the Sharks after being here in 15, 16, 16, 17 before leaving to take the duties over at Florida and bringing up Ricci and Nabby simply because in this Me Too era of hockey that we're in right now, these are guys that Doug Wilson already had complete faith in and were vetted, essentially. You didn't have to worry about, like, is there some photo of Ricci in a Colorado hotel room doing something he shouldn't be doing back in 1996. You know what I mean? Just saying. I don't know. Maybe was that an easy call versus going out and making, or is just this the easy move for right now until Wilson can do something else? Because remember, Bugner does have the, have the interim title. Right, and and I do think you bring up a fair point. Um, not not notwithstanding the obvious drama that's going on with coaches throughout the throughout the league at this point in time, but like you said, you know, it's a it's a staff that he's obviously very familiar with, and you think too. I mean, the Sharks are fortunate that Bob Bugner was on the bench because vetting coaches, even assistant coaches and interviewing and finding the right candidate. Like that's something that you do over the summer. Like you don't have the luxury of time to do that over the season. And so I think the sharks 
were fortunate enough that they had three very capable guys who were all kind of waiting in the wings um, to sort of slide in. And then uh, I think, too, it can't be stated enough that obviously Roy Sommer and to a lesser extent Nabokov and, and, and even Mike Ricci, really everybody outside of Bob Bugner, they they have a familiarity with the guys who are on the Barracuda, even the guys who aren't there anymore but were there. I mean, if you if you go back a couple of years, Meyer Sorensen and LeBanc were huge fixtures of that 16-17 team that went to the Western Conference Final. Roy Sommer was there. Ricci was there. Uh, Nabokov was there. I know Nabokov handles goalies, but it doesn't mean he doesn't know how to watch hockey, right? So I think they're, they're trying to give the keys to these guys. Why not have them be coached by somebody who probably knows them best? Hey, now, that's another thing that we may see a little bit more from the youth since Sommer and Nabokov and Ricci are so much more familiar with them. Remains to be seen, but let's move on. Uh, Well, I I should say then we obviously after the Nashville game, uh, we we get the press conference. It's announced (laughs) that... Uh, the, you know, the next day that I guess Wilson had made the decision on the flight back, went over to DeBoer's house that night and basically said, your servers are no longer required. And the great thing was during the press conference, Wilson, for me, there was two things that stood out. There was the, the use of the word energy a bajillion times. There's, and we're going to get to that in a little while, by the way, in a bit and holy crap, are we going to get to that, that word and what it means, but Wilson also said, you know, well, we're not playing the na- the blame game with this decision. You kind of are. <laughs> if someone gets the boot, you're basically saying this is your fault to a certain extent. I don't know. I just had fun with it. Anyway, so Bob Bugner and, and crew take over, and we get the first game versus the New York Rangers. We got new coaches, yet the same result in a 6-3 route. Zabinijad scores twice. Panarin gets a hat trick, including an empty netter as the Sharks fall apart in the third. Holy crap. Tough to defend Jones in this one after he let in three. And remember, I said empty net. So <laughs> three of the five that he let in should have been saved. These were taken, the a Zabinijad and Panarin shot, those are taken from impossible angles. Hug that post. Enjoy it. Touch it like you know it. Uh, but... The thing is, Jones did not stop this team from putting up only 18 shots on goal. But give it over to the Rangers. They had won five of their last six road games coming into this. And I will say, after the in the post-game comments, Rocket, Couture looked shook. Like, um, I mean, when you're a captain of this nightmare, and, and, and it's your first year, Captain, it's woof. Yeah, but it's not his first year giving post game interviews. You know, it's not even it's it's in this. It's not even his first year giving post game interviews on a bad squad. You know, so it's this is not in well, context. It's a little different, but not much. You make a good point there because there's a lot of people that wanted, based on the post game interviews that Couture gave last season, were all saying give him the C because he's the only honest one on this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like if he's if he's quote unquote shook, I mean yeah, then he's probably expressing a bit more frustration than anybody would like to see coming from the captain of any any squad with any any potential dreams and hopes aspirations for postseason. I think that 
you know, like they got rid of one thing and they were hoping that it would fix everything and it didn't. But at the same time, I think that that defensively they were able to be a bit more creative on the ice and clogged up the shooting lanes a lot more. So a lot of problems that they maybe possibly had, uh, it's like, you know, they started narrowing them down to, okay, well, that's not that. It's not that. To the point where, you know, obviously it was Jones in that one, which is, I mean, like, yeah, it sucked, but at the same time it was great because Boogie was like, okay, so Dell's going to start the next one. That was shit. So obviously, you know, like the problem had been identified, you know? So, yeah. Okay. Problem. A a major piece of the problem has been identified. Now, why did it take Bob Bugner two games to recognize that and Pete DeBoer, how many seasons was it to figure, to, to still not figure out that Jones was a massive piece of the problem, but whatever, you know, now that GI Joe says, no, he's half the battle. We go forward. Well, and I will say that the do the thing that I did find kind of comical about DeBoer being shown the door is every time a coach signs a deal with a team, it's always you know terms and cash under you know not disclosed. We're not telling you how long it is. We're not telling you how much money he's getting. That's just the mm-hmm. way that it is. And it's okay, fine, sure. And then immediately, what happens? Like within seconds after him being fired, it was like he had one more year on a two-year deal for three million per. Like all the details come out as soon as he's given his pink slip. I just got a huge kick out of that. Thought it was funny, and it just makes you like, okay, really? Was it that big of a deal? But to top off this game, and again, it's something we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, Hans' uh, goal call when Dylan scored, yowza. We'll get to that. So, after the New York game, the Sharks would host Vancouver, pick up a 4-2 win, the first, obviously, for Bugner. Vlasic's 1,000th NHL game, the first defenseman to do that for the Sharks. Uh, I still saw a lot of soft penalties and defensive lapses in this one, Jerk. I don't know about you, but especially during that second period when they have the long change. Yeah, uh, well, so I want to say really quick, Vlasic was the first shark to play a thousand or sharks defenseman to play a thousand games as a shark. Because yes. Burns, Burns and Hannon both had a both Stewart. played their thousandth game, and Brad Stewart played their thousandth game with the sharks. Um, you know, just want to make sure everybody's informed. Yeah. And I would imagine uh, Dan Boyle had to have hit a thousand games. Oh, he? probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. We, I we mean, don't Jesus, want any. <laughs> you say won a cup in 04 with Tampa, and then you yeah. Know, so anyway, go ahead. We get what yeah. you're saying. Uh, but so I, I, I thought the rate, just to back up real quick, I thought the Rangers game, the first half of that game, I thought everything looked like it was going really well. The sharks looked like they had more jump in their game. It looked like, you know, they, they got the message like, look, we're a better team. We need to start playing like it. We can't just, you know, slap Dick for two thirds of the season and then figure it out. Hashtag Um, technical term. Right. So I, I liked that. But then coming into the Vancouver game, I thought I thought the things they did well, they did. They continued to do well. And the things that they didn't do so well, like playing better after the second period ended, I thought they did better in that respect. Um, to your point, there were a few little sus giveaways. I know um, I know Eric Carlson had a couple giveaways. I think Barkley Goodrow had a few as well. Um, so obviously not doing any favors there. But um the like rocket said the creativity of the defense to sort of facilitate some things uh, on the other side of the ice i thought we saw that um a lot especially with tim heed as well i think ever since DeBoer's left tim heed has been like a new man uh so that's obviously exciting to see but just 
the sharks when 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 things do go awry for the sharks under the bob bugner era as short as it's been it looks to me like they have more of a solution for when things go awry you know what i mean where it's like it's like so we saw uh in the third period you know carlson's trying to go d to d to vlasic and vlasic's not ready for it it's a turnover you go the next time the puck's in the defensive zone carlson picks it up brings it around the net and then that's when he throws it up to kane for that goal by timo meyer so it looks like the Sharks, when they do make a mistake, they have a solution to prevent it from happening again. So I've obviously liked that. And then um, just I I'm really I was really happy to see Dell dialed in just because he's shown flashes of being a really good goalie. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that people were saying he might be the best backup in the NHL. And, you know, things change obviously quickly. But I was kind of shocked to see Bugner just make the statement right then and there three days out from the next game. Like, yeah, we're going with Dell again. I thought that was huge like Dude, chris said bit chris said big stick right now. i was gonna say chris said big stick energy i think that's what that <laughs> is <laughs> legit yeah Dude, no, the the fact that like immediately after the first game he i mean bugner was just like yeah dell's starting <laughs> and then after vancouver <laughs> he's like yeah dell's earned it you know i mean really just calling it out pushing it. because we would see pdb kind of beat around the bush with those questions but I will, I you know, I do have to ask, uh, who do you think is more was more excited about this coaching change, uh, Ian Reed or Anita Heed? <laughs> <laughs> just yes. saying, just saying. Yeah, right. So anyway, the Sharks pick up uh, their first victory under Bob Bugner, trying to get things back on the right track here. Uh, five more at home to finish December before spending New Year's in Detroit. Uh, I still think we need to talk about this power play for a hot second right now. One for their last 32 and on pace to have the worst power play in franchise history, which is saying something when you go and look at the record of the 92, 93 San Jose Sharks. So the new coaching staff has their work cut out for them. I think that's it. And I don't even think at this point they give a damn about power play i think it's about being defensively sound knocking off the the neutral zone and specifically the defensive turnovers you mentioned it earlier jerk eric carlson these last couple games while he has been the best shark over the last month and a half he's had some atrocious giveaways just putting him across putting it across the slot like not making it here's my i want to say this is my thing sometimes with eric carlson and you know tell me i'm wrong i'm fine with that but, You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so many times it seems like he goes for the, like, oh, my God, what a pass, then making the safe play when it needs to be the safe play. That's probably a fair point. I mean, I know uh, there's one instance in particular, I th- I believe it was the game against the, ooh, the Canucks, where it was either a power play or just a normal 5v5, like, zone time where – Carlson like whipped a puck over to Thornton and it like hit the boards and bounced back to Carlson. And I'm like, all right, why don't we pull back on the zip we put on that pass? Oh, um, he's all about the smoke passes, dude. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, it is fine, you know, cause the sharks should theoretically have uh smart enough defensively players who can make up for that. Um, I do want to dispute one thing you said, you said Carlson, it's been an adventure for him the last couple games. I'm going to disagree with you. I think it's only been <laughs> I think it's only been an adventure for him the last game. I thought he played very well against the Rangers and the Predators as well, despite those being losses. All right. And that's fine. Again, to quote the great Ian Reid, 
I'm not here to change people's minds. I'm not here to persuade you. <laughs> I'm just here to offer my opinion. There we go. Uh, now, it is, uh, to quote Hockey Jerk, uh, the 15th day of December in the year 2019 of our Lord, and uh, Radil is no longer on this team. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Jerk has been waiting for this. However, Lukas Radil did score a goal earlier this evening. <laughs> well, and and and, and I, I do feel bad for the guy because when when they waived him, you know, it came out that he's been like dealing with some back issues, right? And so, like all season, so like you feel bad for the guy, but at the same time, it's like this was a long time coming. Yeah, I don't know what you just did, Rocket. Please don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was like. I was like, did Le- Rocket just fire up a lightsaber? What just happened? <laughs> uh, it's my, it my finger. Uh, well, um, okay. So let's move on. So we've got it, the new coaching staff, blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing that I want to get into. Brian Burke. Yeah, I'm sure you're familiar with Brian Burke, but if you're not, Rocket, who's Brian Burke? Uh, Brian Burke's the guy that never, well, he doesn't never, but he, he's, the reason I know him is that he, a lot of times doesn't tie his necktie. He just sort of wears it around his neck like a <laughs> oh, scarf. <laughs> so true. So you right. true. You're right. You're right. I know. Uh, uh, jerk, educate the people. Uh, so Brian Burke, currently an analyst with Sportsnet and looks to be Don Cherry's replacement for the first period Hockey Night Ooh. Canada shenanigans, uh, which which I'm fine with. He's a very smart guy. Yeah. Um, former GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Anaheim Ducks, Vancouver Canucks, also former president of the Calgary Flames. Uh, like Rocket said, he's not a fan of neckties. Um, and he's also famously referred to Doug Wilson as the dentist because no matter what, he's going to get you in that chair and make a trade with you. Damn right. Um, I will yeah, say, very, and, very smart guy. NHL guys have some of the best analogies, uh, you know. <laughs> and I, and if the, you know, and if this winning streak continues for the shark, well, winning streak, they won one goddamn game. But if it continues, I expect one the guys to, yeah, I, I, but I expect them to start sh- like the entire team to start showing up in bolo ties. But I, re- I digress. Uh, <laughs> earlier this week, Brian Burke was on the NHL channel on Sirius, and he made some interesting comments. And the crux of his comments was, and, and what's funny is you, you take this, you take to what he said and you mirror it with what Doug Wilson mentioned in his press conference, and it kind of makes you wonder a little bit. Now, I'm not trying to speculate. Again, we all saw what kind of trouble you can get into when you do that. But between Burke's comments and Wilson's comments, it, it, they painted an interesting picture. And what Brian Burke said was he had heard from the, and it's, this is not like Brian Burke does not know people. He had heard that there were some people in the Sharks room. There are some players that maybe kind of resent the deal that Eric Carlson get got. And, and now let me explain what I mean. We know that uh, Couture took a bridge deal at one point. We're fully aware. Hurdle took a bridge deal. Vlasic was underpaid for quite some time. There are guys who have uh, uh, Pavelski. There are guys that made sacrifices financially to commit to the Sharks. And what happens? 
some outsider, some guy who hasn't paid dues with this team, comes in and gets everything he asked for. Highest paid player on the team, highest paid defenseman in the league. And Brian Burke said that from the people he's talked to that that hasn't really sat that well in the room. Part of that also being that in order for this guy to get all the gold, you had to let your captain walk. And Pavelski was a beloved guy in the room, evidently. So then you also hear Wilson saying there was a negative energy or there was a bad juju or vibe with the team and, and something along those lines. Maybe that had something to do with it. And I can't remember if we talked about it on last week's Pucknologist. I don't, not sure that we did, but I'll bring it up again in case. There was somebody on social media that got this great shot of Joe Thornton like sitting mm-hmm. on the bench. Uh, I'm not sure if it was in Nashville or the game prior, but said that he took that photo immediately after very audibly hearing Joe Thornton go, what the fuck is wrong with our team? And so, yeah, that does seem like a negative vibe. So it's, um, it's going to be interesting to see the way that this whole thing shakes out. It does seem like EK, he, he might be the best player. On, I mean, he, he could, dude, start putting a, he could be wor- working two points a game. And maybe it still throws up a negative connotation. I don't know. Can I say one thing? Yeah, knock yourself out. Even if Eric Carlson didn't resign, Pavelski wasn't coming back. Just so you know. Quality point. Uh, I think this negative energy, I think it comes from the Sharks not bringing back Gus Nyquist. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Although I wish I wasn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Jonas! Uh, Jonas! <laughs> yeah, that guy was... I, I, I still stand by it to this day. If that's your contract ask, I go to Colorado and I say, you can have him. Um, but... Uh, probably going to catch flack for this one. But I, I, I assuming what Brian Burke is saying is true, um, there's a very good chance that the players who feel this way about Eric Carlson aren't as good as him. Well, that's, I don't I'm know sure if, that's I don't a very know if short that, list. I mean, I don't know if that matters, but and also it also should be said. And and I think you can kind of tack this on with Pavelski as well. But I know you look at Evander Kane, he rung the bell and there was obviously uh, rumblings that maybe Pavelski was kind of pressed by that. And then, uh, yeah, Kane comes in and gets everything he wants. Then Carlson comes in and gets everything he wants. And then you've got this collection of players that like, dude, we sacrificed, you know, we committed to the cause. And now these, I don't want to say interlopers, but these, you know, people that did not make the same sacrifice are seeing, you know, the fruits of our labor. Well, I, I think it, it's tough because I know you, you mentioned that Hurdle made a sacrifice. I think with Hurdle, I think the Sharks just got fortunate that he didn't have a great year when he needed a new contract. And now he's like. Now he's a beast, right? And it's a it's a premium <laughs> dollar there for him, right? And I think and can we all hope that the same thing happens with LeBain? <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think you know, I think with um with Vlasic on his previous deal, and I think with Brendan Dillon on his current deal, you know, Doug Wilson is like, Look, you're up for a contract, but honestly, you didn't really improve us or impress us all that much. So we're gonna give you this. And then they sign and then all of a sudden they jump into the forefront. And I know um Rocket and I had this conversation once upon a time um, 
where we were we were talking about how if Doug Wilson was smart, he would try and get Shimmick signed to a new contract like before he's healthy. That way you can get him to a low dollar. But if Shimmick comes back from this current procedure he had and he's like defense guru and like gets Burns dialed in, then ugh, watch out. Uh, Chris says you don't take a hometown discount unless you understand that that means that you'll watch others get more. That that's, too. A, that's a solid point. However, I don't think it discounts the fact that you might also be a little upset when somebody does come in and does get more who didn't make the same sacrifice. That's all I'm saying. Either yeah, way. I don't think that they have that kind of emotional stigma attached to it. These are, after all, professional grown-ass men. These are not 19-year-old girls who are working for minimum wage tips at some chintzy-ass Indian casino, okay? Like, they, they have a business ethic about them, and I don't think that they take these things personally. They're business decisions. I don't think that they, they, they take a hometown haircut and then get all, like, emotionally involved when they see other people and, and their business dealings. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I think you're putting way too much emotion into it. I think it's just a transaction. It is what it is. Okay. That, I, again, I'm just, I'm just putting out what, you know, Burke said. I think, and then, Bur- I think Burke is full of shit, and I think he's stirring the pot is what I think. He's not I, a pot I, stirrer, though. Is he a pot smoker? It is legal in Canada. That's well, I mean, that's slightly <laughs> different. Oh, hey. Uh, well, well, hold on, real quick. Um, I I do know I don't I don't want to say I know this for a fact because I'm not a player, but <laughs> I I, I don't imagine... know it for a fact. I just know that it's true. <laughs> yes, let's go with right. that. I I'm certain, and even the three of us, like I'm certain, like if I'm if I'm you know Logan Couture and and. Meyer comes up to me and he's like, hey, buddy, I got six million a year. Couture's going to be like, fucking hey, man, let's go tear it up. You know what I mean? Yep. So like you're I, I imagine you're happy for your boys to get to get some dough. And and thing is, too, in a very we <clears throat> excuse me, in a very weird, convoluted way, team other players getting more money is good for the league as a whole, because then you get more kickback from any leftover escrow that's not used. Yeah. AO making a quality point here. I thought they wanted to take a hometown discount in exchange for a chance at bringing people in to win the cup. Mm-hmm. Bada bang. Yeah, I get that. But again, it goes back to what I'm saying, at least in, in not what I'm saying, what Brian Burke was alluding to was no, for that, sure. that, uh, that it, bottom line is Dude who's coming in that's making all the cash didn't make the same sacrifices as other guys. And in order mm-hmm. to bring that guy in, you let you had to let your captain walk. Like maybe it's different if if there was a way to keep Pavelski as well as sign Carlson. But anyway, we'll never know. What are you going to no, do? And, it, and, it, and it's a fair point to bring up as well. I mean, anything that involves the Sharks of that magnitude, it's a fair point to bring up. Yes. So let's move on to a couple more before we get out of here. Um <laughs> NHL All-Star fan voting. Stop. Just stop already. God, you guys piss me off with this crap. Stop with the multiple votes. You know, it's like, oh, you know, so from the time, you know, from like whatever it is, I don't know what, like November 1st through like, you know, the New Year's or whatever, two goddamn months, you can vote every day. 10 times a day. You can open multiple accounts. Just stop this artificially inflating the numbers, you disingenuous douche nozzles. There's that's the only reason why you're doing that is so you can sit there and go, 
Well, you know, after tabulating the votes, we had <laughs> over 500 billion people vote on Connor McDavid to be the captain. F you. Seriously, stop with this artificial. Every, one person, one vote. That's it. Now, if I'm you just... want to take the time to open up a bajillion accounts because you got way too much goddamn time on your hands, fine. So be it. But no, one account, one vote. That's it. Stop artificially inflating the numbers. We all can just look at the ratings and see that the NHL falls, you know, beneath, I don't know, women's cricket on any given day in the city of, you know, bumfuck Montana. Just stop. I, I, I'm just glad that they, I'm just glad that they allow or basically force you to make a choice from a, a finite list. You know what I mean? Oh, mm. yeah. That it's Well, of course, it's got to be a finite list now because we all remember Halo, John Scott. Now, yeah. that, if they kept the deal, if they if they kept that option where it's like you could do anybody or keep voting, like if we could have another John Scott kerfuffle again, then I'm f- fine. Give everybody 100 votes a day for all I care. Because, <laughs> dude, Dalton Prout is going to be our all-star. Yeah, if he's healthy. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't give a shit if he's healthy. <laughs> Put him to, who cares? Hey, you, you know what? If, if he had any heart, he'd go right out there with the IV in his arm. You know? Oh my yeah. God! Wow. Okay. That's guys, right. You guys are terrible. If he had and demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey now we got to stop that. Uh, by the way, we did get ding <laughs> last this. night. So, um, so anyway, we're not bashing hockey. We're, we all uh, hate hockey. Yes, that's why <laughs> yeah. we talk about it every goddamn day. Uh, look, no, it's, it's just silly, silly to be able to have people vote multiple times. It's, it's lame as hell. Anyway, uh, it wouldn't be a week in hockey without the fanatic screwing something up. So here you go. Uh, a couple people this week. It, and, and I love this, that the fact that my hatred for fanatics is growing to the point where people are now straight up tweeting me stuff directly saying, here's how they screwed this up. And here's how they screwed that up. This is going to become a weekly segment on the show, people. So as you can see on the left, uh, this woman, this poor girl, she orders a Sissons Jersey and somehow ends up with a Sonosis because the morons that fanatics hire can't like spend five seconds to confirm a player's name and in fact, I guarantee you, like the paperwork they got to print this jersey up, it was all spelled correctly, and they just screwed up, or they just they just grabbed a nameplate upside, you know, a pre-done nameplate, just grabbed it, and said, and when they looked at it backwards, they said, "Oh, Sonosis. Oh, okay, cool." And just like all the letters looked right, so that must be the way that it, I mean. Are you serious? Are you serious? And then after that. Uh, as you can see in here, um, at Becker, Becker Rink, Is that, am I reading that? Becker Inc.? Sure. Sure. Uh, of course. I, I mentioned a, a thing about, you know, after three wears, a Fanatics jersey would fall apart. And Homeboy said, no, dude, how about zero wears? This is how it came to me, shipped. And the nameplate is already peeled off because these idiots, idiots don't stitch. They heat press. And they can't even heat press it correctly. You know how hard it is to screw up a heat press, people? I mean, really. 
Well, and and I would like to say something funny too. So, um, the that like as you said, that poor girl who got the Snossus jersey. If you, <laughs> there's at least three of them in existence. So that's, that's what thing. I'm saying. If you look at the replies on that tweet, there's at least one other person who was like, "Oh my God, you got it too!" So, like, <laughs> and then somebody so, else said, "I got the original. I got him to sign it." And somebody else, yeah. said, "Oh my it's, God." Yeah, and somebody else said, "It's decided. He just needs Colton needs to change his name to Snossus." Yeah, and so MB, I, and MVP so, of the All Star game, and yeah. so you you said, um, what did you say? You said they probably just like haphazardly grabbed a nameplate and threw on there. No, I think they went to the box with Sizzins jerseys, opened it, was like, oh, Sizzins, cool, and just pulled it out, and <laughs> it was like, yep, we got it, and just yeah, sent it. Oh god, which direction it was? Hot Wheels with the throwback DH gate from China. Yikes, dude. <laughs> I, see, this is what I'm saying, though. It's I, I I'm, I'm just going to continue to say this as long as these idiots are still doing business. Uh, I was watching a football game earlier today and saw a commercial. You know, go shop NFL.com or whatever. A fanatics experience, and I was just like, oh hell to the no! And it's going to like I'm just I'm dying to know like what it like what is it going to take for these teams to realize that. Fanatics is just ruining their brands. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And and yeah, you know, it's so funny. Um, I posted earlier this week that I picked up a, a really cool, not unlike the shirt that I'm wearing, but I picked up a cool flannel hoodie that you know it had the similar design to what I'm wearing with the Sharks logo and quarter zip hoodie. Rocket knows I'm I'm all about the Q zip and mm. the but the whole thing that. It was such an awesome-looking quarter-zip hoodie. I guarantee you, though, if that had had a Fanatics logo anywhere on it, I would have been like, God damn, that is so good-looking. It's a shame I can't buy it because I will not support this company whatsoever. And I know that I'm not the only one. You can look on Reddit. You can look on tons of social media. People, More and more people are getting fed up with Fanatics. The word is spreading. I was reading Reddit earlier today that someone was asking about breakaway jerseys and like the litany of comments underneath it, like, no, it's going to fall apart. It's going to be a piece of crap. Spend the extra 40 or 50 bucks or whatever and get an Adidas one because that is legit. And you'll wear that for the next decade where if you get this piece of crap, it's going to fall apart in three games. There were people talking about that bought a breakaway jersey. Threads with inside of like one dry cleaning or one threads were already coming off. Uh, the the logos were like, you know, bending and oh, it's just such a nightmare. You know what? Or just go to a Chinese knockoff site. Do yourself a favor. It's probably better quality. I mean, like if you have to take, uh, it, you know, like if you don't want to spend the money for an Adidas and I get that, then just go to DH gate or whatever jerks <laughs> it's just insane or get dude go to offer up or ebay get a reba get an old reebok one cool hockey's good too and they there do sales go. all the time see there you go so finally and of course uh this wouldn't be the technologist if we didn't go longer than i was expecting uh finally uh let me just ask a question can we have randy hahn and uh, jamie baker do all the games from now on uh, over the last week or so, we've had Randy Hahn talking about not blocking shots, but he did awkwardly bump into a bar stool once, 
and Jamie Baker saying, don't underestimate yourself on that. Uh, and all of these, by the way, can be found on our Twitter and Instagram. So if you want to hear any of these really fun interactions, you can find them there. Uh, earlier this week, Brendan Dillon scored a goal. It's like the first goal in almost a year. And it's like 108 games or some crap like that. Yeah. And Brendan Dillon was insanely open. So open that to the point where Randy Hahn decided to say that, well, Brendan Dillon had enough time to do a hair, hair flip or whatever it is, check his nails and say, hey, baby, how you feeling? And what we all came to find that he was quoting a song by Lizzo, Jamie Baker, clearly not familiar with the song where he responded. He's like, what? TV shows you are you watching the Hallmark <laughs> channel like what is that from you know uh and just this and then also during the Nashville game when you had referee uh, officials with open mics saying get in the effing box get in the effing box you hit him three effing times three effing times and Jamie Baker making fun of the open mic saying yeah because it was a shit show of biblical proportions uh, with the officiating in Nashville to the point where Baker during the third period is like uh, yeah, excuse me. Uh, this is Jamie Baker, Sharks broadcaster. If you could clean up the calls here, I'd really, uh, really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, but just the chemistry that Baker and Han have had this season, particularly, it's making me not miss Remenda like I used to. I still miss the guy. Love him to be here. But Han and Bakes have finally like really reached this really good chemistry. They're they're starting to get those inside jokes that Han and Remenda used to have. It's it's just a lot of fun to listen to them call a game. And then when I hear that it's going to be Han and Hetty, I'm like, okay. You know, it's kind of a letdown. Hetty just doesn't have the chemistry, the one-on-one, the sense of humor. And that's, you know, am I the only one? Am, am I wrong here? Do, or do, do, do either of you prefer Hetty in that situation? Do you not Look, there's, enjoy there's the nothing- back and forth? There's nothing wrong with Mr. Christiamaguchi, okay? There's nothing wrong with him at all. But he's not Jamie Baker. Like Bakes is is you're right. Like I think uh, what makes Big special is his sense of humor and also like the dedication that he puts into making sure that he's providing solid information, solid digestible information to the Sharks broadcast. You know, he doesn't just want to be some galoot who acts as a cheerleader in a in a tie? You know, I I appreciate him on on the broadcast. I liked him on the radio broadcast. You know, it, it but I I did miss him on air, and having him back on air is a great. God, and he really does just him and Randy together, especially when you get drunk Randy going. Oh, here, okay. Well, let's talk about it for a second. Let's play it. I've never blocked a shot, but I awkwardly bumped into a bar stool once. <laughs> once? <laughs> Don't underestimate yourself. <laughs> I mean, listen to the humor, the fun that they're they're clearly having together. I don't hear that when Hetty's on the call, but anyway, whatever. So I think that's probably about it. A couple of things for you before we get out of here. Of course, it would not be a pucknologist unless we make fun of Brody. So here you go. Tries to go for it. Not a hockey guy. See you later. Got to go. Good looking. Why don't you you go play with your fancy toys like your plane, Brody? (laughs) Go play with your plane. (laughs) 
All right. So once again, it uh, came to our attention earlier that uh, some of you were not aware that we still have a few shirts left. So you can find those Teal Town USA. Hit the link <laughs> swag shop. You can go pick up. Uh, we got a couple left, and there you go. That would be awesome. Awesome, awesome. Follow us on the social. Do us a favor. If you're watching right now, hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Check us out on Reddit. Join us after each and every show on the Discord to do our little virtual green room thing. It's kind of cool. And I think that will probably wrap things up here for week 10, episode 85, Pucknologist and Sharks Hockey. So, Hockey Jerk, where can the people find you on the social media as you give your final thought for the week? Final thought, uh, I think the team is turning around, hopefully in the right direction. I think Bugner's poised to do a lot of good things, and I think so far he's done the right things. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, if you if you agree with my take, or if you disagree, really, I'll take either at this point. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me uh, on Twitter um, and nowhere else. Well, Discord, uh, at hockey underscore jerk. Uh, if you want to send me an email, you can do that. It's hockeyjerk10 at gmail.com. Uh, hashtag free heed and Eric Carlson is great. Back to you. <laughs> All right. I'm dying to see if Rocket can get through this. Go ahead, babe. Man, I started to have the hiccups there and I was starting to panic a little bit. Hopefully they <laughs> hopefully they, they simmer down. For simmer like down the next- now. Yeah, for the next 90 seconds. Just work with me here. Hello, everyone. My name is Rocket Backhander. How you doing? This has been a weird season so far, hasn't it? Oh, it's been a weird season. Uh, you can hang out with me on the Twitter machine. Uh, I don't always get to live tweet the games, but generally I catch up with them the day later, which is almost more fun. Uh, yeah, that that all happens over on Twitter. Like I said, that's uh, R Backhander seventy six. It's capital R, capital B, little Ackhander seventy six. Or you can uh, check out the photographs I take of the um, shareable nature over on Instagram. That's uh, Rocket Backhander, one word. AJ. Hey now, uh, AJ underscore strong on all the social media stuff. Again, uh, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, leave us some love on iTunes. Uh, I noticed nobody uh, used the Super Chat donation option tonight. It's fine. It's fine. I don't hold it against you. It's okay. You know, support the show. It's be nice. Anyway, no, I'm kidding. Uh, dude, we had some good stuff this week. We had a lot of fun talking about the Peter DeBoer switch over after he got fired. Talk to Shang Pang from Fear the Fin and the Point. Uh Jerk can confirm. Dude knows his shit. Knows how to break it down. Had a real fun 30, 35 minutes with him talking about uh, what's happening with the Sharks uh, coming basically the day after the Peter DeBoer firing. So, uh, in fact, we recorded that just prior to the Rangers game. So, go check that out. Dude knows his stuff. Um, There's nothing disparaging towards Fear the Fin. I can't see Shang Peng being there much longer because someone someone big is going to come calling you know i don't know if it's going to be the athletic or espn or nhl.com but shang is an awesome writer go check him out he is uh he's a kid jerk you can confirm yeah love that guy he just more than anything a very smart guy yes very smart big time uh, the other thing we did this week was we spoke with one nick nolenberger kevin lacy And Nick, breaking it down for the Barracuda. We're doing this thing this year that we're kind of having a good time with, having fun. 
Every couple of weeks, we talk to Nick Nolenberger, kind of get the temperature of what is happening with the San Jose Barracuda. Obviously, they've had a coaching change as well. A couple of guys needed to get promoted since basically the entire staff was hijacked by the San Jose Sharks. And unfortunately, since we spoke with Nick, they did play a home-and-home home versus Stockton and lost both games. However, Lukas Radil got a goal, so he, he does have the ability to score. So there's that. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, coming up in the next few games. There's a lot of guys going back and forth on the um, the Wooster. Well, not the Wooster, I guess, anymore. The uh, CUDA, the, the locker room shuttle. We'll see if Bergman's next, if Blickfeld goes back and somebody else gets the call up. Should be fun. Brodzinski, who knows? Maybe so. So with that, uh, of course, as soon as we're ready to split, uh, Puck Guy joins the party. So, yeah, I think that really does mean that it's time to leave. <laughs> Screwing with you, man. Let it go. Ooh, Barracuda. Go check out your Barracuda, people. Support the small team. All right. They got some good stuff coming up. Uh, game on the 18th versus Ontario, the 27th versus Stockton, 29th versus Bakersfield. The 29th, by the way, Pucks and Paws Night. And the next couple of games, they also have the Gilroy Strong jersey auction which obviously benefits victims of the tragedy that happened in gilroy over this summer so go check out and support the barracuda all right so with that uh thanks for checking us out we will see you all in a week remember live on sundays eight o'clock see you next week for episode 86 bye